Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Welcome. Welcome. You guys ready for the word? All right. There's six people clapping. Oh, man. How many are just happy to be in the house of the Lord just this morning? Cool. I feel a peace today. I feel good. Um, I just want to thank this house, this, this, this ministry team, this leadership, the pastors for giving me this opportunity. You know, this is one of those things that when you have to like preach, I don't know how many people have experienced either this exact thing or something like it. Um, there's a lot of anxiety that comes with this, um, a lot of studying and like doubting and, and a bunch of stuff that starts to creep in and, and, Anything you didn't know you had in you starts to come out like, hey, you ugly. Like, hey, I didn't know it was, who's telling that? You know, now you're talking to yourself. I'm not ugly. And you're looking around. It's crazy. It's, it's a process. It's a transition. But I feel like this week God is starting to shift something in me. And there's a challenging word that I'm excited about today. But I, I want to, I feel like I have to give out one of those warnings. You know, like they come on the records, like parental warning. Um, warning. This is going to challenge you today. If you get offended, good. Probably means stepping on your toes a little bit. It's all right. That's what toes are for, right? Balance and getting stepped on. Okay, so I guarantee you there's going to be something for you this morning. But all I ask of you is your commitment to paying attention for the next 15, 20 minutes. That's how I'm... I'm I'm not, I don't speak fast. I'm a slow talker, but I don't have much to say, all right? So I guarantee you this is going to be good, but just, just, just prepare yourselves to be challenged this morning. Amen? I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me one more time. I know we're playing uh, what's that? musical chairs, but I'm going to read the, uh, this, this word, and this is from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I ask that you just close your eyes, meditate on this word, so that you cannot miss any any anything from this scripture because I want you to understand it, receive it, and love it. Amen? Close your eyes. It says in verse 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for what you've done already how you've already uh, uh, set this atmosphere, how you already met us in this room this morning, Father God. You've already proven to us that you're a God of miracles, Lord. Lord, we've already demanded that we we know more of you, know more of your presence, Father God. But right now, Lord Jesus, we ask that you silence our thoughts, silence our distractions right now in Jesus' name, and that we may receive what you have to say this morning. Shut me up, destroy my agenda, Father God. And open up our hearts so that we may receive your word this morning. And not just receive it, but store it and put it into action. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So life at home for me, as you guys know, I tend to get personal. Life at home for me is beautiful. It's great. But it is a little chaotic. I have nine-month-old twins, right, who are learning how to crawl and they're walking and they're trying to walk and stand on things they're touching stuff they shouldn't be touching right you guys know the baby stage where they're like man i had and then there's two of them so you got control and then you turn around and one's missing 
I, I had a call out the other day. Uh, we were in the dining room, and I had both of them with me. I'm on the floor with them. And then I turned around, and one was gone. I had to call my brother, Johnny. I, I lost one, and he found her under the table just like that. And he was like, oh, found it. And he just chucked it back at me. There's babies everywhere, right? Learning how to crawl. They're, they're touching things. They're, they're curious. This morning, my wife was trying to iron, and she felt like a tugging on the iron. And it was one of my daughters eating the ironing cord, just pulling on it like, hey, let's see what happens here. Face, right? So it's amazing, but every once in a while, something strange happens. They fall. I'm like, get it together, right? How easy is it to stand up and not fall? Every once in a while, they're there, and they, they experience some sort of opposition, and then they, bah, right in the back of the head, and they start crying. You got to pick them up. Oh, it's okay. Try again. Everything will be all right. Check their heads. Like the first few times they fell, right, you know, hospital trip, right? You're scared. You don't know what, oh, no, they're, just, they're not going to be right now. No, they're fine. They're fine. This is, they fell 20 times yesterday alone, right? They're fine. They'll be all right. They, they, sometimes it's, it's their fault, too. Isn't this weird how they'll just be, they think that they could look this way? Like, your head can't humanly, and so, of course, they're just like, hey, 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 bah! You know, someone will talk, like, mom will come in, but they're facing this way, and they're like, mom, hey, ow, you know, bah! And I got to pick them up, and they cry. What's funny is I can't obviously I don't remember when I was nine months old. I don't remember that. But I do remember as a child stumbling and falling. I do remember experiencing like times of where like in my mind, I'm like, I knew I was old enough to, to, I've been walking for a long time. Why did I just trip on that sidewalk right there? How come I didn't notice that big step, that lifted sidewalk? How did my trip just now, right? Every once in a while, you fall. You stumble. You lose balance. By the way, have you, um, do you guys know that falling after about age 35 is, n- takes forever? Do you guys know that? It's not part of the preaching. Just I want you to know. If you're in your early 20s, relish. If you're young, you fall. You're gonna, maybe you'll cry. You're going to get back up and you're going to keep playing. After 35, if you haven't experienced this yet, and as you get older, you have to add 30 to 60 seconds for your fall. You will trip for about a half an hour doing one of these things, okay? I was at work the other day, and, and, and there's these little things that come out of the ground. They were, I guess these where they had posts, and they shaved them down, but they left maybe half an inch. And I tripped, and I was falling for the entire length of the stage. I was just like, hey, 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 hey. Everybody was like, just fall already, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, 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 oh. But as you get older, <laughs> you start to learn how to walk different to avoid certain st- um, trips and falls and steps, Right? As we've gotten older, when you walk down the street, don't you look down a little bit more? Especially in New Yorkers, right? We have to look down. None of the streets are smooth out here. And we've got to make sure that we, you know, don't step on that crack. Break your mother's back, right? <laughs> you've got to make sure you're not tripping on certain things. Maybe when weather conditions are bad. Maybe when it gets cold, right? You know that water turns into ice. And why would you just go walk on ice? 
All right, let's tell this story. I wasn't going to tell it, but we're going to embarrass some people in this room. Amen? You guys just know your beloved pastor, Ephraim, right? Amazing guy. He was just up here worshiping. Goes hard, loves Jesus, right? Let's, let's rewind back. You know his son, Nathaniel, he plays keys here. He's one of our graphic guys as well. He's about 20, just got married. Amen? All right. Good luck with that. No, I'm kidding. It's going to be amazing. Life is great. Let's rewind, though. 20 years old today, maybe about, I don't know, three years old, let's just say three. We're coming out of church. Back then, we were Holy Ghost. We were going to church on Friday nights, too. And we used to wear shiny shoes and, and slacks and tuck our shirts in. We were holy back then. We served God back then. You understand? And we were just coming out of church on a Friday night, and it was cold winter time. And there was some ice on the floor. And me and Ephraim's wife, we're, we're kind of walking behind them. And, and I think we both noticed that there was a big patch of ice there. But your pastor, Ephraim, with his lack of wisdom, decided, I'm going to walk on this ice like Jesus walked on this water and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> but what you have to understand is Nathaniel's about three years old. It's late. He's sleeping on daddy's shoulders. And there was no time for me to go, hey, don't. By the time I said, hey, his feet were here. Okay? Now, if you know Ephraim, you don't even have to know him very well. If you've seen him on this stage, yeah, he can move, right? But there's not very much movement in the spinal region. He's very, you know what I'm saying? That's why when he danced, he danced like this. Right? If, if you push me, I'm going to go, hey, right? He's going to go, hey, 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 you know? He's straight back. He don't got spinal movement. Right? So just as fast as I saw his feet straight in the air, about in the same I don't know, two feet above his head was his son. Okay? Wet, she, all in the same time. When they fell, it was like Freddy on, just splat, two bodies hitting the floor, okay? Remember, this is ice. So the funnier part, (laughs) the funnier part is when Nathaniel, three-year-old sleeping Nathaniel, lands, he slid a little bit, you know? (laughs) Because he was ice. (laughs) So it was like, slaps. <laughs> now, me and Margie see this, and I'm t- I promise to God, yes, we were concerned, but we did. We laughed a little bit, right? We were just like, hey, man, did you, hey, you all right? I'm sure they're all right, right? We made sure they were all right. Then we laughed for hours. We stood up all night. We made pork chops and, and mac and cheese that night, and we laughed. And I'm sure Ephraim was hurting, but he didn't want to admit it. Like, oh, I'm good, man, I'm good. Just stumbling the rest of the way. Just hurt, because I'm telling you. Now, we were younger back then, so we, we laughed. We laughed. <laughs> and by the way, I'm sure Nathaniel's fine. <laughs> right? I don't know. Look, he didn't ace high school and college, but, you know, who knows if that was because of that? Nobody knows. <laughs> I'm sure you're fine, bro. It's like, I'm going to do art now. That's what happened. (laughs) He dropped the scientist, came back an artist. Like, I'm playing piano. (laughs) But what's funny is that after that, I'm pretty sure, I know I started walking differently. 
Now I realize when I see ice, I'm not just going to, hey, what's up, everybody? Wham! Because I saw it with my own eyes. Three-year-old, 20 feet in the air, smack slide. See, our falls teach us how to prepare for certain steps. When I see a puddle, I don't carelessly run through it like a child would and just wet all my clothes. Maybe I did that when I was younger, but I realized what damage it would cause. When I see icy pathways, I slowly walk. I, I walk with caution. I bend my knees a little bit. I'm careful, right? You hold on to something. Right? I guarantee you, Pastor Ephraim walks differently now. Every time he sees it's a little cold, I was like, everybody relax. <laughs> he was like, give me, a, give me a hand, son. Give me a hand. I ain't letting you go this time. Give me a hand. I'm married. Grab her too. Let's go. We're walking around ICs now. You change the way you walk when you experience failures and falls. Some of you guys, don't get all spiritual on me. Don't go to the end of my preaching. I got some more to preach on. Amen? Some of you guys are getting this already, but it's okay. I walk differently because of my previous failures, because of my falls. Today I want to talk to you about decisions. Did you know that every single decision you make has a consequence? Right? If you don't believe me, uh, watch um, Back to the Future, the most biblical story you can watch. 21.21 gigawatts taught us that every decision can alter the future, right? (laughs) You don't want Biff becoming rich. Man, some of y'all are not old enough to get what I'm talking about. All right, no more Back to the Future references. Sorry. DeLorean, one more. That's it. All right, DeLorean. For example, if I walked up to, you know, Hassan for whatever reason and threw a cup of water at him, bah! Yes, it would be funny. Yes, we get a laugh. But what would the consequence be other than him probably punching me directly in the face? If I threw water at you, you get wet. Do you know why? Because decision plus action equals consequence. That's a fact, right? You decide to do something, you act on it, there's a consequence for that decision. Our lives are filled with these decisions, ranging from the most minor to the most important. Like, what am I going to wear with these pants? Am I right, ladies? Just me. Okay. Um, I started realizing that every single decision matters. You know, for, I don't know what it is, but sometimes you, you you don't think the little things matter as much. But they do. Everything contributes to, to, the, to the outcome of your life. I worry sometimes that I'm not being a good enough dad. I'm not being a good enough husband. I'm not being a good enough person, right? I got a mean mug. This beard don't make me look pretty, right? People scared me sometimes. And I'm not talking about, like, scared I'm going to fight you. Scared, like, is he going to, like, bite me, you know? See, he's crazy looking? Yeah, probably. But I'm, I'm working on that. That was a joke. Okay. But on a, on a serious note, I, I worry about those things. I worry about being on my phone and missing out on things, right? Am I the only one who's, who struggles with that? Just like worrying about, how, am, am I doing everything I can do? Have I, am, I, am I making the right decisions in my life? Sometimes I think about the future and I worry about, I'm not, how am I going to achieve all those goals? And I don't see that path sometimes. I worry. 
the beautiful thing is, is that I'm not alone because every time I start to worry, I do something. And I encourage you to do this. I go to the Word. I wish I had an actual Bible in my hand. Leah had one like a couple of weeks. Remember, Lee? Yeah, go run to the Word. I guarantee you, every time you struggle, if you go to the Word, you're going to find what you need to, 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 to hear. It may not be what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Amen? In Genesis chapter 3, I'm going I'm to present some stuff to you. We read about Adam and Eve. This is the beginning now. Genesis chapter 3. This is early. We read about how they ate of the forbidden fruit, right? It's a popular story. And they disobeyed God because God told them, don't do that. Don't eat from that tree. And they did. Ultimately, it caused them to be removed from the Garden of Eden and lose out on a ton of blessings. Do you know why? Because decision plus action equals consequence. In Numbers chapter 20, later on, we read that after nearly 40 years of wandering through the desert, Moses' disobedience and his lack of trusting God would prevent him from crossing into the promised land. Ultimately, if you don't know about that story, what happened was he was right there. He was right there. And, and God called him and Aaron to go pray because the, the people were, were complaining like they were for almost all 40 years. And God told them, hey, go ahead, gather them together, speak to this rock, and God will give, give it water, and, and I will provide water, right? He gathered, he listened, he gathered, but then he became frustrated. And he said, you're rebels, right? Have you read that? He called them rebels, Rebels, what do I have to do? Provide water from this rock? And he smacks it with his rod. At first glance, you go, well, what did he do wrong? I mean, I would be frustrated too. Why did he lose out on that blessing? Well, here's the deal. God never told him to, first of all, yell at his people and call them rebels. He told them, gather them, perform my miracle by speaking to the rock. He yelled at them. Took credit for the miracle, right? Because he never said, God told me to give you water. He told me, he told them, what do I have to do? And then did he speak to it or did he smack it out of frustration? The beautiful thing about that story is that God still provided. The harsh part was that God had to let Moses know, that's not what I told you to do. His decision had consequences. You know why? Because decision plus action Equals consequence. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, we read about King David. We've heard this too. Pastor George had like a very detailed preaching about this where David decides he's going to sleep with one of his loyal soldier's wife. He sees her in the cut. He's like, oh, brings her over. Ultimately impregnating her and essentially sending off her husband because she was married his soldier off to a suicide mission where he dies. The Bible clearly states that God was very displeased with David. Do you know why? Because decision plus action equals consequence. Over and over again, we read throughout the scripture of these failures. Every single decision came with a severe consequence that would change the very direction of their lives. So I ask you today, what decisions are we making? How are we handling ourselves out in these streets right now? I saw this illusion, this, uh, this uh, illusion, uh, 
illustration. That's the right word. Yeah. I saw this illustration this week um, by Pastor Jeremy Foster. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but there's a very, side note, there's a very amazing uh, marital thing that he's doing. And if you're single, married, doesn't matter. It's amazing. Pastor Jeremy Foster. Anyway, that's a plug. Weird. Um, I saw him do this illustration and it spoke to me so much. Hassan, can you come right here to where I can reach you? That's it. Go back. No, I'm just kidding. So let me see. Let me grab your hand. That's perfect. All right. So imagine I'm me, right? Let's just say that I've been going to church for a little while. Let's say a year straight. Let's say a year ago, you would have probably caught me in the clubs. You would have probably caught me getting high, drinking, doing all the bad things I shouldn't be doing in life, right? But for a year now, I've been dedicating myself to God. I'm seeing some change. I'm seeing some growth. Let's just say my friend Hassan here hasn't seen me in about a year. And the last time we saw me, he was lit. Hassan was my, my, my partner in crime. You get it? It's not that I'm better than Hassan. It's just that because in the last year I've been trying to get closer to God, I've been elevated. I'm a little closer to him than Hassan is because Hassan hasn't been doing it. You understand? No one's better. It's just that I'm reaching. I'm trying to reach towards God, so I'm a little more elevated than he is. Maybe Hassan is a representation of other things in your life. Maybe he's a booty call. You think the leadership don't watch MTV? We know, we, we know what y'all doing. <laughs> Maybe he's a... a, a a situation that you're indulging in that you shouldn't be. Maybe he's a circumstance. Maybe he's a, one of those temptations that you keep falling over and over again. Here's the deal. When you've done this, you've become, when you get closer to God, when you make a decision, immediately, whether you know it or like it or not, this is what happens. You get closer to God. The things that, that don't belong in your life start staying down there. Here's the deal. Hassan calls me up, yo, bro, it's lit tonight. Maybe he's that ex-girl, that, that, that call, right? Hey, I want to come over. Now, back a year ago, we know exactly what that meant. But a year later, I'm struggling now. I don't know, I don't do that anymore. I know the Bible says to be a light in the darkness. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach to her. Hallelujah. She's going to come over at 11 o'clock at night because that's when preaching happens. And we are going to preach. And I'm going to save her and maybe she'll become my spiritually Proverbs-style wife. She's going to be good. Trust me. It's going to be a good situation. My boy Hassan going to come over. I know we used to get drunk and get crazy and make bad decisions and end up in prison the next day. But you know what? Tonight, we're not going to do that. I'm going to preach to him. Hassan's going to get saved. Here's the problem with that. Hassan grabbed my hand. Though I'm a very strong person, nine times out of ten, I'm not going to be able to lift Hassan up to my level. Okay? It's, it's gravity. It's science. Right? Some of us don't want to believe in, in faith, don't want to believe in, in, in God. All right, cool. Let's talk science. Though I can lift him, it'll take a lot of pressure. It's going to be backbreaking. The reality is, is that if Hassan wanted to play me hard, he, all he has to do is tug with just a little bit of force and I fall flat on my face. The problem is we're trying to elevate certain people with us that are not supposed to be up here. They're not here yet. And we keep going back for them because we like the way it feels. We keep going back to that, those clubs and going back to those things because we, we miss something about it. And what happens is I could do it. I can go into a club and, you know, the Bible don't say nothing wrong with the club. Maybe not. But the problem is when you're putting yourself in that position, you're doing this. And what's going to happen is you're going to do that. Just like my daughter, you're going to fall flat on your face. Thank you, Hassan. 
Side note, single people, if you keep looking for your mates in clubs and bars and the places where they're not supposed to be found, you're going to keep falling flat on your face over and over again. But I love him. (laughs) But I I could change him. I know I can. She looks so good, though, dude. I'm like, yeah. Sin looks good sometimes. Darkness looks appealing sometimes. But you get trapped and then you fall. Before you know it, you're out of church six weeks, haven't spoken to God, hurting, struggling, and asking God where he went. Where did God go? Or did you fall? Our decisions have consequences. If I try touching a hot iron, what's the consequence of that decision? You're going to get burned. If you indulge in that thing, in that act that you've been struggling with, you will succumb to that temptation. But if you commit to Christ, your, cert- your consequences can change. Now imagine if you gave that dedication to God. All of a sudden, there are some certain promises that the Bible makes, right? Everlasting life, peace, prosperity, joy, healing, sound mind. That's scripture. I'm not making that up. I'm not lying to you. Do you know why? Because decision plus action equals consequence. If our bad decisions affect our lives negatively, then our good decisions will affect our lives positively. So if I'm able to make adjustments and change the way I move and I walk, that means I can find growth in Christ. Growth that, and consequences that will edify my life and change the direction of my life. So what today, or even who today, is stopping you from making those decisions? What's getting in the way? Who's getting in the way? What steps are we carelessly taking that's causing us to stumble? Who are we trying to pull up but instead is pulling us down? So maybe this morning you're wondering, all right, cool, you've convicted me. Great. Thanks. How can I change this? How can I make this better? How can I stop stumbling? How can I learn how to avoid the the, the trips and falls? Great questions. Glad you asked. You guys are paying attention. Great. I'm going to take you to Proverbs 24, and they're going to put it up on the screen for me, verses 3 through 4. Amen. And it says, by wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, it is established. Next says, through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. So according to scripture, there are three very clear things we must have to find treasures and to build our home and to build our lives properly. You must have knowledge. You must have understanding, and you must have wisdom. At glance, it seems like those things are the same, right? Like it seems like, well, just it all kind of, they're different. The problem is, or the beauty of this is, is that you can't do one without the other. You can't have knowledge unless you have understanding. How many of you have sat through school, right? For me, it was math. I sat through four years of math in high school. I didn't learn jack. 
I got a fourth grade math level, tops, right? I barely know division. Thank God for calculators. You know what I mean? But was someone there teaching the whole time? Of course. Some of us in this church have been sitting here for years and didn't learn jack. Still making the same mistakes. But you're going to tell me my pastor ain't preaching? Nah, I won't accept that. So without understanding, you can't gain knowledge. Does that make sense? You can't have wisdom without knowledge. The only way you can be wise is if you learn something. The only way you learn something is if you understand it, if you're paying attention. Does that make sense? The Bible clearly states if you want to build a house full of treasures, you must have these three things. It seems like they're the same, but they're not. And you got to find a way to start understanding so you can earn your knowledge, so you can have wisdom. They say knowledge is power, right? That's the phrase that we hear a lot. Awesome, it's true. But knowledge without understanding is pointless. It's just like faith. The Bible clearly states faith without action, right? Faith, faith without works is dead. If we do not take the time to learn and understand who God is and who we are in Christ, we will never obtain the knowledge to live our lives according to God's will and glory. Which means we will lack the wisdom that we need to learn from our mistakes. Therefore, every single time we encounter opposition, just like my children, we will fall. Do you know why? Because decision plus action equals consequence. I said this the last time I preached, and it's still very real to me to this day. I'm, I'm learning more and more why God can call this his bride. That relationship is so real to me now. I get it. I want to give this illusion to you. Imagine a husband who, has, who is sleeping next to his wife, same bed every single night, but she doesn't know he's there. And a lot of you are like, yeah, that's marriage, right? No, it's not. I'm just kidding. They're not fighting, right? This is not a trick. She just literally doesn't know he's there. They, she got married to him and for whatever reason has blanked out and doesn't even know he's there anymore. He gets up every day with her, follows her around, and is wondering, why is she not interacting with me? I want to feel love from her. I need some kind of interaction, communication, some form of intimacy with her. What is wrong with this woman? This is a clear picture of a lot of our relationships with God. If we are his bride and he is our, our, our father, our husband, then a lot of us are sleeping right next to God every second of the day, walking with God every second of the day, but we don't even acknowledge his existence. We even have the audacity to say, how come I don't grow? How come, how come, how come I can't have those blessings? How come I continue to stumble on the same things over and over again? We even say, God, you're not there. You're not real. I've said it. You're not there. You're far from me. Let me say something right now. Make this very clear to you. And you can look this up in the Bible and you tell me. If, if I'm lying, you come to me next week. You punch me right in the eye. I got moves, though. Watch out. But you punch me right in the eye if you can, if this is not real. 
The Bible clearly states that over and over again that God sees all. He's omnipresent, therefore he is always with us. The scripture repeats over and over again that the Holy Spirit dwells within us if you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Therefore, how in the world can God be far from us? Explain that to me. We become no different than that lonely wife who can't see her husband because we don't acknowledge that God is there even though he's standing right there next to us every second of the day. Wherever you go, I go. Remember that preaching? Where you go, I go just like that. Man, y'all need to, y'all need to catch up on your, on your preachings with Pastor George. It's been years of diamonds he's been dropping on us. God is there. But we've chosen to ignore him with our actions, with our decisions. We've chosen our desires, maybe, over our needs. You know why? Because decision plus action equals consequence. But now what if we made the right decisions? The decision to stand firm on God's promise, to seek after him regardless of the circumstances. Then we will begin to see the consequences of our faith. And we could change that equation a little bit. Faith plus action equals blessing. That's biblical. I want to bring my daughter up. Her name is Nevaeh. She is nine going on 29. Don't figure out. Just, no, just all the parents can say amen. <laughs> My daughter is going to minister and dance this morning. Here's a, oh, yeah, give her a hand. Here's the deal. I want to, it's easy for her to come up here and for her to and show you her talent and do what she has to do. But that's not why I, I brought her up here. There's a lot of talents of people in the world. You can watch any show. America's Got Talent. All the, and you'll see amazing things. But what I want you to see is a consequence of a decision.
Amen. Worship team, you can, you can start making your way up. Here's the deal, family. Come. I, I really, I don't open up about these things in my life often because they're private to me. I've gone through struggles in my life, right? But this, this little girl right here probably should be a little bit messed up. I've made some poor decisions in my life that have affected or should have affected her. She's had to endure divorce, instability, inability to, for, of me to provide a home and finances, and years of depression and struggle. Ugh. One day, I stood up, and I said I wasn't going to be defeated anymore. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I made the decision to stand firm on God's word. And it doesn't, it doesn't make me... This like incredible person, I'm not looking for an applause or anything like that, but what I'm trying to tell you is that I was struggling, I was hurt. And my, meanwhile, I never left the church, I never fled, I never backslid, family. I just struggled. In Proverbs 3, 5, as I read before, I had to learn how to stand on that word. I had to learn how to, this it says in 5, trust in the Lord with all of my heart and not lean on my own understanding. I had to learn how to submit to him in all of my ways so that he could make my path straight. I wish I could tell you that today I'm the perfect husband, I'm the perfect dad. I'm not. Just like Adam and Eve, just like King David, just like Moses, I've made some bad decisions and I've had to pay uh, and endure the consequences of those decisions. But if you read the Bible clearly, you will read the amazing life that King David left behind. One of the most beautiful things I ever read in scripture was how God loved Moses and how he called him one of his favorites. And did you know that even after he was denied his opportunity to go into the promised land, he still served God wholeheartedly to his dying breath. Which tells me that your bad decisions, though they have consequences, do not need to define who you are today. But let me warn you, if you continue in the path that you're not supposed to be going down, you will never see the consequences of your good actions because you're not making them. I wish I could preach this 
beautiful, positive preaching and leave you satisfied. But the reality is, is that if you don't make that choice to stand firm when it hurts, you'll never see the consequence of your actions. You'll never see the, the consequence of nine years later watching your daughters not be affected, committing herself to Christ and saying, I will serve you and I will follow you every word that you say. This morning or today, if you are walking down a path that you're not supposed to be walking down and I don't care where you are in your life and what that path is I'm not here to expose or judge I'm not even going to call the prayer team up here today unless someone feels obligated or you know feels led to pray then pray but what I am going to do is I'm going to call I'm going to ask the worship team to sing one more song and this altar is going to be open we can stay in our seats no pressure But there's an action that happens. There's a, ch- a shift and a change that happens when you get out of your position and say, I'm not going to do what I was doing no more. I'm not going to live that life. I'm not going to continue doing, going down that path anymore. I need a change. I need a different outcome in my life. This morning, this altar is open. I challenge you to change your decision. Put action to it so that you can see the consequence. God bless you guys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jason. That's generational curse preaching right there. Generational curse breaking preaching right there. And if you do, if you if you have the privilege to do life with him, then you've seen the ups and downs, but you've seen the glory of God move in his life and over his family life. And you've seen just what an inspiring man he's become. At one point, yeah, he told that story about me. I hurt myself. <laughs> but I've seen this young man from like seven, six maybe I first met him. And oh man, he was such a brat. But to grow into this man right here, that I can say we've done ministry for years together now. Since the first time I said, look, even at 12, won't you join this adult worship team with us? I think there's a calling on your life to do this. And he's never stopped running after God since. So I'm telling you, man, pray over your family. The devil only wants to destroy But if you keep your family under the shadow of the Almighty, under the protection of God through your decisions, you'll be able to reap the benefits of that, even in your children. Come on, somebody praise God here today.
And for those who may think it's too late, <laughs> it ain't too late. Prayer is powerful. And there's a room full of prayer warriors here that will pray your family back from the, from the dead figuratively. If that's what you need us to do with you, we'll stand with you, believing that God still has a plan for your children, sons, daughters, sisters, uncles, whatever. Believe that. want to end with this song here, God's Reckless Love. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. so, so good to me Before I took a breath You breathed your life in me You have been so, so kind to me that says that the mercy and the grace of God is available to you right now. And 
I just felt like there's got to be a response to a message like that. I'm, I'm not saying you need to come up here, but I personally was convicted. And I can't believe that I'm the only one. So, for those of you who are here, and you're saying, there's an area of my life, and I'm tired of living that way, and I'm giving it over to God, and I'm coming to Him. If, if that's you, just join me and just lift your hand to the Lord right now. That, see, this is a life-changing message that says, the arms of God are open wide. He loves you so much. He's not beating you up. He's weeping over you. He's saying, come back. My child, come to me. So I, I'm going to ask Jason. He's going to come back. And he's just going to release. He's going to pray the very grace and mercy of God you need to come forward. To step up. To come to the place where he's called you to. Right now where you stand, hands lifted high, hearts concentrating on God right now. Father God, no matter where we are, no matter how deep in the struggle, no matter how caught in the mud we are, in that quicksand, Break those chains loose in the name of Jesus right now. I pray freedom right now in this room. Freedom right now, loose from your problems, loose from the things holding you back right now in Jesus' name. Hands up, hands up, everybody, hands up. Loose in the name of Jesus right now. We know there's no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. But today we will live that right now in Jesus' name. I'm reminding you what the word of God says. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Break loose right now in the name of Jesus those shackles that are that are tying us, those shackles that are not even tied, but are just wrapped around us because of our own foolishness. I break them right now in the name of Jesus. Shackles fall right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, anxiety fall right now in the name of Jesus. <coughs> Depression fall right now in the name of Jesus. Thoughts of suicide, I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. There is no place in it for it in your life anymore. Right now, peace that surpasses your own understanding. Right now, I pray it over your lives in Jesus' name. Father God, fill our hearts, Lord. Fill our bodies, Lord, like the way our blood runs through our veins. May it be with your joy right now in Jesus' name. And may we never, ever forget this moment that we shared with you right now Jesus but let it be tattooed in our hearts Father God 
forever that we will know that on this day we broke the pattern we broke the curse that we broke the chains in our lives right now that we changed our direction so to follow you and only you to see the consequences of your beauty to build the homes filled with treasures right now in Jesus name receive this fresh one right now receive it right now fresh wind right now fresh anointing right now fresh wind fresh anointing no matter who you are where you are right now receive it in Jesus name and I say this with scripture on my side you are free you are free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. It's no mount, no shadow, no wall. He won't tear down. It's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me, come on. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Coming after me, come on. Somebody declare this. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me, there's no wall. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. There's no shadow, say. There's no shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall, you won't kick down. Now you won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no shadow, no. There's no shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no Climb up, coming after me. There's 
Father, we thank you for this, for what you do for us, for how you chase after us, Lord. Lord, for how you, how you find us, even in a condition that we are, you love us, oh God, but there's something about your love that wants us to be better, that, that, des- that makes us desire to be better, oh God. Not because we have to, not because you force us to, but because you love us to greatness, you love us to wholeness, you love us to total completeness, and that's what we find in you. So, Father, every now and then, you got to remind us, Lord, because sometimes we get so comfortable. And maybe sometimes we lose sight of this amazing God that we serve. And maybe our intimacy, Father, is not as intimate as it was when we first met you. But, Lord, we ask your forgiveness right now. Because this world, this world is pulling and tugging at us every which way to tie and draw our attention to it. But Lord, you hold the key to life. You hold the greater things for us. You hold our promises, oh God. And so, Father, we turn back to you. We focus on you, understanding, Lord, without you, we can have everything in this world and still have nothing, still lose our own soul, oh God. But your love, your desire is that every man, every man and woman would be saved. So Father, we rededicate our life to you. And if there's anybody here that needs to dedicate their life to you, then we make that commitment right here. Father, you are the only audience that we need. And we declare to you today, Lord, that we desire to be better, to be like you. We desire to step out of the darkness, into the light, into your light, oh God. Forgive us for our sins, Lord. Be Lord over every aspect of our life, not just one, but everything. Take over. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Seal us. We receive your saving mercy. We receive your redemption, oh God. We are yours today and forever, Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, I want to welcome you into this family, the family of God. And welcome again to the Sanctuary Fellowship. You are blessed to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.